Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's good, Internet? It is February 6, 2017. You are listening to Waypoint Radio. We are coming to you live from Lobby One in Vice HQ in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York. New York. Brooklyn, New York, New York. The United States yep. of America. Yep. Where Tom Brady is apparently king again. Tom Brady is a garbage man. But not an actual garbage man, because garbage men are good. Garbage men but do a is, very important work. Yes, I know. But he is like a garbage human. That's what I mean. <sighs> I was really hoping to come in here this morning and be like, wow, a thing that feels sort of like justice in a strange way that I can't quite justify. But instead, we had to wake up to the one and only Trump tweeting about Tom Brady winning the Super winning Bowl. The Super Bowl. Anyway, I, you know, I think that there's definitely, uh, you know, we could just jump into this conversation. I was going to have, I was going to try to like sneak this conversation in later and be like, our second topic Let's talk about <laughs> the relevancy of games and sports in our lives. And like, no, fuck that. I want to talk about that right now. We can talk about Neo and Fire Emblem Heroes in a minute. It is really frustrating to me that I found myself caught up in the in the metaphor of that game. It felt so close, right? I mean, it it was scary apt at times. And that sucks in a like, I don't know, it doesn't <laughs> suck. It like, I don't know, like, we do this job where we, we write about video games. Simon Parkin just wrote a piece for The Guardian this morning uh, about how the, like, the lowly life of the game critic um, of just, like, your fucking job is writing about video games. Have fun. Like, have fun facing the world and feeling like there's nothing you can do or say that will actually improve life for anyone in any measurable way, you cretin. Um, and he's writing this as a game critic who feels that himself and struggles with that. And... There are times when I find us grasping. I don't mean to demean it because I do it all the time. You know, I, I or if I do mean to demean it, I demean myself in doing this. But I, you know, when I say, "Oh, some of my favorite pieces that we've run over the last few months have been things like the political relevancy of Metal Gear Solid Two, or the political relevancy of Dark Souls Two, or like how does Game X reflect some political crisis or some." Uh, issue uh, and and not always the ones that are super close. Like, or not every game is um, papers, please, right? Which mm-hmm. like, oh wow, yeah, immigration, refugees, yes, clean, clean thing there. And similarly, when I look at the the Super Bowl, like that's two two sets of very rich people fighting against each other. Like, and I don't mean the players; I mean the owners, right? Like the thing that's in competition is millionaires, um, and yet. It's really hard not to see it and be like, I need to attribute some meaning to this that helps me work through my own shit. And I don't know what's going on there. Oh, see, when I was watching Super Bowl, it felt like election night. Right, oh, totally. So this is my, yes. Like, it's like, all right, this is like the upshot. 
Hillary Clinton's got a 99% chance of winning this thing. Like, you're good. I'm packing my bags. I'm done. Like, I'm not worried about this. And then the overtime felt like Ohio and you're, you're, you're counting counties. Yep. You're like, oh, no, this one's going to come through. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I see where the votes are coming from. We're fine. We didn't need Florida anyway. Just let them have that touchdown. <laughs> the stakes were completely different this year. Completely different. It, well, so, I, so I guess for me, like, I'm trying to unpack why it is that I can at one hand be like, this is stupid. This is just a football game. And also can't resist the urge to be like, I want the team that is like – that has the sort of like vim and vigor of youth and black culture around it to to rise up as they say in Atlanta. Uh, uh, hashtag, hashtag. Hashtag rise up and go against this, this thing that is like the status quo that is like co-signed by people like Trump and Richard mm-hmm. Spencer. Uh, I don't want to fucking get into Richard Spencer's tweets about it. But in general, like – so like what happened there in me when I'm like on one hand the sort of person who's going to roll his eyes – at someone who says, like, oh, the election is like Harry Potter, but then also fall into this thing of, like, but games and sports and, and competition. And I'm curious, I think, I'm trying to work out whether or not I think that is there something different about competitions or systems design or something that doesn't make me feel so embarrassed to make that, to, like, feel that comparison as I do when I hear someone say that Trump is just like Voldemort. <laughs> you know, like, when I hear that happen, I'm like, oh, fucking... Please, like, real people are going to be impacted by this thing in a way that, like, we can't be boiled down to which fucking house he was part of. Mm -hmm. Um, But also then I want to – I don't know if this is a human thing or if this is, like, the way I happen to be built. I ended up seeing that Super Bowl and, like, coming away feeling defeated. And I don't give a fuck about the Falcons really outside of, like, Joel. Shout out to Joel Fowler, Waypoint's (laughs) publishers from Atlanta. Shout out the ATL. I understand. Like, he came from there. I have his back. I don't know that he's in today, which is fair. I don't think he is. Yeah, um, he's fair. Oh. Oh, apparently, Tim saw him walking around, <laughs> probably head slumped down. The That, that Charlie Brown Christmas song playing Vince Gralwaldi. Gralwaldi. Yeah, you're, you're there. Yeah. I nailed it. I mean, I saw that. I, did, did you see that fake, the fake halftime video that was like Amigos performance? It was like... Only. This is this is everything that I wish I felt. Like I felt I felt like crying when I saw that. I was like, damn, Atlanta. Atlanta. Please. Atlanta for the culture. Yeah, for the culture. So yeah, well, there's there, there's probably there's probably something uh to to be said about the, the fact that football is a violent sport that if you want to use like these teams to like as analogs for sort of like political feelings that you can get some sort of smug satisfaction mm-hmm. out of the fact that Someone like Tom Brady has been an avid, you know, Donald Trump friend and supporter. And watching you, on one hand, you may be be saying to yourself, "And it, football is bad, and you shouldn't cheer for people getting their bodies getting crushed." Concussions, but, yes. But but also, you're kind of like, "Fuck you, Tom Brady." <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, like, so I guess in the broader sense, though, do you find yourself going to? games and sports and culture in general to make sense of the world or to or to ease your your time there like especially now like do you are you listening to music that helps you like chill or are you listening to music that helps you engage with those ideas i don't i don't watch sports um like at all really and this was one of the first Super Bowls I even took any interest in and the whole time i was like i'm staying off twitter i I don't want to know what's going on with the game and the moment the Falcons lost. I was like, damn, mm-hmm. the Falcons lost. Um, so sports has never really been a place like that for me. But music, definitely. I like listen to like chilled out okay. 
mixes. So it's like an escape right for you now. In that sense, yeah, hundred percent. Like, I'm not going to. The, I've been listening to a really sad album for the last two weeks. I told you about it, Patrick. Uh, yeah, stop talking about this album. I'm not going to talk stop about it, it here because it, it hasn't dropped yet. Like, it's <laughs> you, yeah, but you can early. you can pre-order it on Bandcamp. Yeah, you can pre-order yeah. it. It's super good. I don't want to. I've linked it on Twitter a couple of times. It's a <laughs> it's a Mount Erie album, and like yeah. it is the saddest thing I've heard um, in forever. And I can't stop listening to it and I don't know if that's good or bad like because on one hand it felt really good to listen to something that is like really engaged with my brain space Mm -hmm. and like the feelings of grief but at the same time it's like I definitely respect someone who at this point would listen to something that's like, oh, this is just going to chill me the fuck out. I've definitely been in places, though, and like not to get too dark, but like when I've had friends pass away or whatever else where I listen to the saddest music I can find because it gets me crying, it gets me emotional, and then afterward, I find myself feeling like more calm. That's good. I think the, the same thing is happening to me with games right now in that like I have been playing some stuff that I really like, but then – so like I, I put a lot of time into Fire Emblem Heroes over the weekend. And the thing that I was getting from that was that sort of moment-to-moment escape of just like, oh, it feels good to move a thing around and to have it react immediately. It's super digestible. It doesn't mean anything. I need to just pay attention to this thing for the next way too long. Until your energy runs out. No, because I have a bunch of stamina juice. Oh, there you go. I got all that stamina <laughs> juice. I'll just, I have like six more. I beat the game already. I'll just drink those juices for fun. Mm-hmm. One more point about the sports thing. I yeah. think uh, I think part of the reason that this perhaps Super Bowl felt uh, people looked at it as metaphor or used it as some sort of uh, perhaps outlet as cathartic justice was because uh, I think for a lot of people, they feel powerless at yeah. this moment. Fair. And through the Super Bowl, you know, if you want to look at protest or, or this, like you knew Donald Trump was watching. Right. And so – there was like, and you knew he, he had, had a team. He had a team, and you that knew he, he had wanted. a rooting, uh, a vested interest uh, emotionally uh, in, in one team or the other. And so the the idea that like these days you take your victories where you can get them, even yeah. if they're fucking petty. I that, I think that's why a lot of people got emotionally invested in in football as metaphor because yeah. you knew. Or at least you had a good a good chance of getting some snarky ass tweets from the president of the United States if that team lost or if there was like you know some something something happened and so you you take your victories cool. where you can get them even if they're they're hollow and ultimately don't advance anything. <laughs> and you wanted you wanted to like okay the Atlanta Falcons are going to go to the White House like all right cool do it like let's have that happen let's have this like young hip team. Roll right. through, mm-hmm. and like that image is really good. And I, I guess I don't, I don't mean to demean people who do look to fiction or sports or music or anything else as a way of escape or a way of feeling like there's some amount of of justice to be had there. But I think this actually for me ties into this other this impulse that I struggle with a lot. There's a really great tweet by um, by Michael Lutz, who is a, a a friend of mine, I guess on the on the internet. Who, who I'm going to like paraphrase it here because I don't remember word for word, but it's basically like capitalism is good actually because my action figures are getting more and more diverse. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> yep, like that is – this is the challenge of like having these proxy like successes. And I think, you know, I saw that going around again last night in response to a lot of the brands that were – pushing kind of social justice or equality or diversity, like broad American values, not even mm-hmm. like social justice is probably even too strong of a label to, to assign to the, the the Audi commercial or the Budweiser ad or the the Airbnb stuff. But like a lot of the stuff that's just like, oh, wow, like it's a vocal, it's vocal support for, for the 
kind of baseline political uh, ideals I have. But then do they follow it up with anything, right? And like it's great to have a Black Panther movie coming out. Like I, I hope it's good. But does that mean that it's going to be easier for black folks to move into the comics industry? What steps is Marvel and our Disney making in yeah. terms of actual outreach yeah. into, into, you know, uh, uh, into different um, neighborhoods and, and, and different cultures? Like stuff like that is, is a, that dilemma of like what feels good versus like material effect is really tough because I want – you want both obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just try to catch myself from falling into the trap of seeing one and forgetting we need the other one too. Right uh, to their to their credit, I believe Airbnb actually followed up that ad by announcing that like uh, being it was part of a, a couple of companies that is speaking out against not just speaking out but is taking action against the uh, the immigration the ban, ban. Yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. so hey you know fucking put put your your money where your mouth is do some stuff if you're yeah. a big company and, yeah. and I'll, I'll cut you some some slack I'll give you some credit for that for sure well I, hey I'll even you know uh, as much as I despise Patriots you have someone like Martellus Bennett who's the tight end who already yep. said he's just not going to go. Yep. Um, so he's not going to go to the White House. So you know, little, little victories. victories, small things, yes. small things. Shout outs to shout outs to that. It is an incredible comeback. It's like a heartbreaking comeback, but like yep. in terms of like pure play, like really strong. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, it made a Super Bowl that was otherwise not worth watching. Uh, yep. <laughs> interesting. Yep. In the last totally. couple of minutes. Totally. I mean, but I, I guess speaking of small victories, I had a small victory, a big victory this morning. I found my son. You found your son. Oh I my god! You found Donald one point I feel like Nintendo was listening. Like, what else? <laughs> how else can you explain? So, Fire Emblem Heroes is what we're talking yeah. about. How did you find your son? So, they have this in Fire Emblem Heroes, the new uh, free-to-play gotcha uh, uh, version of Fire Emblem that Nintendo put out last Friday. They have these things called special maps, which are basically – I don't know. if Was this influenced by the voting they were doing? I wasn't paying attention oh, maybe. to the mm. voting they did, it, okay. they did I don't votes. know one way or the other, but yeah, there are these special know. maps that rotate, I think, daily. And if uh, if you win that map, and I think there are like there are usually conditions for it. Like I think this current one is that you can't lose anyone right. uh, 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 before you defeat everyone on the map. Uh, you get a special character. So it's like let's say you aren't getting the character you really want. Like say your son who has been gone for a long time <laughs> and you'd really like him to come home. And so you built a robot and set your consciousness into another dimension and I named see. him Donnell 2.0 so you could go and find him. This is a deep then, war. I didn't know about and this then, and, then, and then that didn't work out. But then the special map came along and then you found your son. And I did. So I, I, I have the normal version, not the two-star Donald, but I, I don't. My character is a one-star so. Donald. Look, he's five stars in my heart. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> that, this, my heart makes up the other four stars. Yeah, Austin. this would make a great anime. That, that whole would. story would make a great anime. I'm curious. Like, are you gonna are you gonna try to raise that Donald up to be? A oh my god, Donald? he's gonna become the most. He's gonna become a fucking wrecking ball. <laughs> all my points, all my orbs, all my crystals. Screw everyone else in this game. It is all about oh Donald. Do you know what I would he love? Gonna be, oh. I would love if you raised your Donald up all the way to like four star. Rise up, Donald. And then, and then you're like, uh, I have some extra orbs. I'm gonna I'll pull a character. And then you got a five star Donald for free. <laughs> you know what that would mean? That I've got twins. Double Donalds, so I ain't complaining about any of that. And True. then you can merge those two together, and I'll get like a ten star. That's not possible. You could but feed, I, I will, <laughs> you could feed one Donald to another Donald. Oh you yeah, can. you could. Yeah, that's the way this works. Mm-hmm. When you do that, what happens to the old Donald? You don't want to know. Just viscera. It's just. <laughs> It just it's the it's the the uh the tin uh uh pot just falls to the ground and like clink clink clink, clink it stops. 
And Donald's that's gone. It. Yeah, that's it. He's gone. I he's love been Donald. he's been eaten. He's been he's that's great. He comes with his own pot to yeah. cook him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To feed to oh, your, your better Donald. I'm just saying. Don't say that about my son. I'm just well, listen. You love your son. Sometimes you have to feed one son to another son to make the the better. You son gotta survive. Strong. You gotta, you gotta survive. survive. <laughs> uh, I beat that game on normal this weekend. It's, does it ever get? Uh, if you spend any amount of time. Like uh, let's say it's called toilet time is when I would grind in the game and just kind of like play in the training sections. If you do any amount of that, the first four chapters have just been it's a, a fucking breeze. breeze. It's so a the game breeze. never actually puts up a the, fight. Really. The last like two fights or, or the there was a, a fight in the final in the ninth chapter that was actually like oh wow like you you fucking beat me. It was the first time I lost a fight okay. maybe ever right. in the main story. Um, there is it does the thing that Mario Run does, which is it has a hard mode. Um, and then it has a lunatic mode, mm-hmm. quote unquote, which is like just higher levels. I don't know if the AI gets better in those. Where I have had interesting fights has been in the arena, which is where you're paired off against other player teams. I do know that it's because those are other real like characters who are ranked like four star or five star. Those fights end up being really tough. And rewarding because you end up having to make the the tactical decisions that I actually like a lot in Fire Emblem, and they're still bite sized. Like I can do an arena match that's actually like really like pushes me to to come up with a good strategy in three or four minutes, mm-hmm. whereas in a real Fire Emblem game that would take me thirty minutes to go through what, what I would consider a hard fight, you know, uh, or longer. So so I, I actually really enjoyed my time with it, but but I I do think at the end of the day the thing that I liked the most about it, I think it boils down. I don't know. I think you and I, Patrick, are on a similar page with Mario Run, even though I didn't play play it. Like I saw it, I was like, okay, they're doing they're doing something with this that is about reducing Mario down to an elemental thing and keeping that one element strong. Right. Um, and I think they're basically doing that with Fire Emblem too, which means it's not an alternative to going to play a full Fire Emblem game, but it does give you that little bit of like spark in your brain of like, aha, got you, motherfucker. Like you fucking, <laughs> you came in at my, my axe guy, but you didn't know I had a Pegasus Knight with a spear like two blocks away and I swing that person over and now you're fucking dead. Like that feeling is good to have. Uh, and is... It, it's it's weird though. I, it makes, I have to play this game fundamentally different than I... Right. Play other Fire Emblem games. For one, the last couple of Fire Emblem games have given you the option to turn permadeath on or off, which is the you know mm-hmm. obviously the concept that if a character dies in battle, they're gone forever, um, and that just doesn't exist even as a concept in Fire Emblem Heroes. They've just gotten rid yep. of it entirely, well, which makes sense. Like, yes. there's two ways of ca- so there's there are challenge. I think on the harder difficulties, see the harder difficulties or uh, some other thing where you can you can get into fights where. Losing a single character ends the match, and you lose. Right, but you don't actually lose the ability to keep fighting. Right. Like you, they're right. still in your roster. You like, can don't actually yeah, yeah. also kill a character by boiling him in the pot that's on his head and feeding him <laughs> to his brother. Uh, or, or you can send characters home, which is a way to get one of the currencies. So I'll right. be doing right. a lot of that. So the lack of that, and then. Um, so I would I would play Fire Emblem with permadeath turned on, yeah. but then would be one of those save scummers who is not looking for the perfect fight, but that I refuse to allow anyone to die. Yeah. So if someone dies in battle in like a 3DS Fire Emblem, I then reload the the the, the match and do it again. And I don't consider it cheating necessarily because I still have to I have to win strategically to keep everyone alive. I just want to keep my whole team alive. That's just yeah. kind of just the, the strategy uh, or the way I like playing the game. And it's different to play this one because 
I don't have any fear of losing my team. So I actually I play a little riskier than, than I normally do. I'm usually like a lot more conservative in Fire Emblem, whereas this one I can be a little more inventive because the I'm just not going to lose as much. I don't a time I'm not going to lose as much. B uh, uh, my roster isn't going to disappear if I make a mistake, and so I I actually I'm enjoying this version of Fire Emblem because I'm playing it differently than I normally do. Are you are you doing the thing where you're like I'm going to just straight up sacrifice this character? Like I have a, a my one of my best characters is Sheena, who is like a green like uh, axe lady who can only who's just like heavy armor. She can only move one step at a time. She's gold. She's like five stars. Um, but because she can only move one step at a time, it means she like gets to fight slate. And I could do yeah. the boring thing of just like. I'm just going to wait until she's in place and then we'll all go at once. But often what I'll do is I'll move one of my other weaker characters into a position to draw enemies towards her. Yep. So that then by the time they like gang up on her, like Sheena will get there and then it's like fucking clear house. And that's not a thing I would ever do in a real Fire Emblem mm-hmm. game because no. I would risk losing that person forever. And that's really interesting to give us that option, to have that option because it's just not the same sort of strategy. There's also no missing in this game. That's something I realized this weekend. No one ever misses. Uh, they like got oh, that's rid of that true. completely. I didn't even think about There's that. There's no percentages. There's never no one ever misses. Uh, huh. And and you know like so damage has always, has always been sort of stable in Fire Emblem games. Yeah. Um, but there's no crits as far as I can no. tell either outside of when your ability like hits and you know when that's going to happen. Right. And, and so it's a little more chess like in, in in a little more transparent in terms of like what your choices are, which I like for this sort of game. Like the worst thing in the world would be like I'm about to, I'm on a bus playing this game and like I'm at the end of a of a chapter and then like I miss the fucking you know whatever the the 90% chance hit I fucking right. miss it and I and I lose and then like I lost the stamina for it too so I don't know I, I'm still enjoying my time with it I'm probably gonna keep playing it because it's so digestible for me and I love the genre uh and I like gacha games like I really do like that feeling um of like earning orbs and then getting my chance to go do a, a pool and like getting a cool character like uh, that does scratch an itch for me even though i think it's like gambling and base and, and <laughs> built to hey, some, some itches are bad itches but yeah, you itch them but anyway I, but i'm gonna exactly like it's it's the year we're having you know so i mean it's it's just i, I think it goes to show uh any fears over nintendo making mobile games like they're they're keeping the spirit of their games intact yeah. despite the fact that they have embraced two could not be more different business models right. between their their first two games, and I don't worry too much about how successful or not successful yeah. you know they're being there financially they'll be fine. But it's it, I'm really excited to see what they do in the future because like these first two experiments are I think a wild success and just make me very excited for some of the other stuff they could do totally. with either these these franchises or other ones that they have in mm-hmm. the future. It's just I, I'm glad they're they're able to make like mobile games that I'm like really proud to play like yeah. as someone that like enjoys games i i get somewhat embarrassed like for the medium like based on the kinds of games that like are super popular in mobile i get why they're popular but it kind of grosses me out and yeah. it makes me upset for why they're popular and it's cool that there's a game like fire emblem heroes or super mario run that's like this is just a good ass video game that found a way to be successful in in a complicated weird marketplace but doesn't like give up too much on the road to getting there. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see how it shakes out. There's, it's so early. I could keep talking. The thing that's the thing that's wild about this is I still have more things to say about this game, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna turn this into the Fire Emblem Fates cast or, or Heroes cast again. But just know, like, there is a well of appreciation for me. And there are things I don't like about it too. But but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the mic. 
Danica, have you been? What do you? What have you been playing? So I regrettably have not installed Fire Emblem Heroes yet. My girlfriend's been playing it and has been telling me all about it. So um, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not very good with mobile games. I've just like never been a mobile like gamer. Mobile gamer. Is, is there anyone in the world that identifies themselves as a mobile gamer? I mean, like, be, right? Like, I think, yeah, like, Touch Arcade. No, exists. I mean, I, there are people that play mobile games, and there are people that call themselves gamers. I'm saying, is there someone that's like, I'm not a gamer. Right. I'm a mobile gamer. <laughs> right. Like, they have, like, the, the like the PC elitism shit, but for yeah. phones, where they're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have a PC. I'm only into free-to-play, motherfuckers. <laughs> if it doesn't have chess, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Since Avatar, the mobile game, I just haven't, you know. You know what they call pay to win? Because I'm a fucking winner, baby. Oh. What's good? Get mobile. Get mobile. (laughs) I got three phones. I want you to rise up and get mobile. (laughs) One for the plug, one for the load, and one for the... One for the fucking Avatar the mobile oh, game. Right, Avatar the mobile game. <laughs> they, I, I need an old phone for that. doesn't work on iOS, whatever we're at. I need an old phone for Avatar the mobile game. Uh, Rick, oh Rick Rockman in the chat, mobile suit gamer. That's mobile good. suit gamer. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So I, I've been playing, I'm still playing more um, Let It Die. Um, oh, wow. I'm just like, How far into it are you? Um floor like 23 or something um like 50 right there are 40 floors 40 yeah. and you're on what you're on 23 okay you're making progress yeah uncle death is proud i'm gonna um yeah i'm, I'm probably just gonna keep playing that for a bit um and then i played great i need to know more about your build what's your favorite yeah, weapon what, what oh, oh, character oh, you so playing as what, what, how many of your friends have you slaughtered all of the characters Haters, please. i think all of the fighters have been unlocked and i'm playing like um like the highest like all rounder, they get okay. up to level like seventy six or something, and I think a lot of the like complaints about Let It Die were like the first ten floors are kind of uniform in their design, but once you hit level twenty, it's like fucking crazy. It's like a carnival, um, and the the enemies are all way scarier. Uh, you die like instantly. Your money is is very 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 important and. Um, my waiting room has been raided so many times, and I've like been left with no money. And yeah. um, can you explain how that works for for people that aren't? Because like in the streams yeah. that I did, I never got to the point where uh, uh, my, my my like home base was being raided. So how exactly does that function? Once you get to like level, is it like floor five or six or I don't remember, maybe ten? Um, you unlock the online mode where um, you can join a. Uh, country. Which country or state did you join? Canada, because my girlfriend was staying with me. And she, uh, yeah. Also, healthcare is pretty good up there. So yeah, I mean, exactly. That's, that's fair. Um, if you're going to let it die, let it don't die. Let it. How about let it don't <laughs> die? <laughs> hey, let me not die. <laughs> so when you're away from your waiting room, other territories can come in and raid you and, and take all your money. And people can also send hunters for you. So whenever a character dies in the game, if that if a person doesn't retrieve that character, it turns into a hater. Yeah. Um which is just like a super strong usually super strong like regular um, enemy just regular enemy. World? Yeah, okay. but they're like smarter than the screamers because like they were an actual player. And then once you hit like level like floor 10 or something, people can start sending hunters after you and those ones are fucking scary. Like once you get to floor That's 20, like a thing that you actively do, like you go to your yeah, roster and you say go like into hey, your, you go out yeah. there and find someone. You choose and the thing is you choose the person too. So you usually choose like based on how much money Damn. they have or how much like splithium they have from killing other haters and hunters. Um, once you hit floor 20, you're running into, like, five 
hunters and haters per floor, and it's terrifying. So imagine you're a person who has, like, no free time. Should I play yep. – uh, should that hypothetical person play more Let It Die? Um, or do you feel like this is the thing you're doing because it's I've, pretty good and also free right now? Yeah, I feel like it's, like – a, it was free. B, like watching Patrick streams made yeah. me want to check it out. Um, I feel like Uncle Death is like one of the best game characters of 2016. He's like, I think I think he qualifies. For yeah, we'll include him. We, that's like an argument later this year. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, add. Okay. you're for, not gonna uh, find any fucking because it was so late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw <laughs> Uncle Death here at, at um, Waypoint. Yeah, I feel like if if you have um, a PS4 that sadly only has 500 gigs of space, but is luckily getting. Um, luckily, getting external hard drive support. Um, <laughs> Good news, Peg. Nice. Let it die is probably not a game you want to like take up space with, right? Especially when you have like a fifty gig update for for Fallout or something. It's fun. It's just like if you like beating shit up, that's the best part about it. I have those feelings these days, so yeah. that sounds that sounds all right. And then another thing I played um, actually last night was I went into the Club Penguin Waddle On event and I Word. went in there Waddle and I, on, baby. I played Spy Drills and. Uh, Rise up. And, and I, I hung out with some people. Yeah. I was doing that. We well, should explain what's going on with Club Club. Oh. Yeah. What, you wrote a story. I Danica wrote a story. I wrote my first us. piece on Waypoint about Club Penguin closing down. So uh, they announced that they are going to discontinue the existing Club Penguin, which has been around since 2006, 2005, October of 2005. It's like, it's like one of the longest running MMOs, but it's like very simple and it's targeted for young yeah. people, right. yeah. like kids, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, you can't like cuss in there or anything, you know. You but go it, is, it, it also has had its like ironic yeah. appeal, or mm. maybe not ironic appeal. I think a lot of people played it when they were very young and have like a deep nostalgia yes. for. Their I time do in Club also Penguin. believe that like have a hotel or something. It's also attracted from time to time, like yeah. trolls. Oh yeah, and tons teens, of trolls. You know, I played Habbo Hotel. Also, my cousin was like <laughs> one of the hot Habbo Hotel girls when we were teenagers. Damn. Like, she she pretended to date people from Hava. Like it's just is Instagram the new Hava hotel? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. Okay. Anyway, so Club Penguin's being discontinued for like this new Club Penguin Island, um, which sucks because like you don't Penguins lose your penguin. Live on islands, first of all, I know you don't lose your penguin, but you have to like sign up for Disney's like interactive like thing, and uh, you have to sign up. They want your email. Yeah, they want your email. Marvel. Um, Star Wars? Yeah. Mickey Mouse? Pixar? Now they, got, now they got the Penguins, too. Studio Ghibli? Wait, did Ghibli? Is Disney bought yeah. Ghibli at some point? Like, yeah. Is that shit? God and they damn. redubbed, like, Totoro and, and Castle in the Sky and, and used, like, Club James Penguin. Vanderbeek for, like, an eight-year-old boy? James Vanderbeek was the name of my Club Penguin account. Oh. B-E-A-K. Like oh. A, like a beak. A Are you lying? No. Are you being serious? Yeah, oh. My penguin, my, I lost my old penguin. My new penguin's name. My new penguin's name is She Gwyn Me with two N's. Mm, yeah. Anyway, it was fun. It was. Fun. I'm very sad that it's closing now. It's been around for a long time. I hopped in there when I was a teenager. I was like 16 when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry that you're losing this important part of your, your right. adolescence. Hey, at least they're doing a sh- sort of a shutdown yeah. event. Like yeah. Asheron's Call didn't even get that. It just went. It just Asheron's Call. It just said you've been disconnected from the server. Get fucked. Related, we have a piece coming up tomorrow about another game that, that where the servers got shut down and still breaks my heart, which is Chrome Hounds. So look forward to that. There's a Chrome Hounds retrospective hitting waypoint.vice.com tomorrow with some really good art uh, as done by, by uh, Aura Hack, Erica. Uh, so look forward to that. Um, and we put up a, a piece, very sad piece today that everyone huh. should read. Speaking of death. Um, Patrick's, you know, Patrick's really... Going in there with the, with the heartbreaking shit 
So a story up on the site right now that's uh, uh, about a 26-year-old man who sadly passed away earlier this year. But um, he had had a heart condition uh, since he was uh, an, an infant, and it had made his life really hard. Shouldn't have made it as far as he did, but he kind of fell in love with video games over the years because his heart condition made it very difficult to participate in athletics, to do even just basic moving around was difficult for him. Um, but him and his brother bonded over video games and the Zelda series in particular was one of his favorites. And as his condition got worse over the last 12 months or so, he always kind of used these landmarks of uh, Breath of the Wild as yeah. a way to kind of motivate him. Like, hey, maybe I can play it at PAX. Like, hey, maybe I can make it to uh, the game's uh, release date. Um, so, When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. But he had a chance to go see and play the game early um, at Nintendo, and so I kind of told, tell the story about sort of just his his growing up, what it was what it was like being him, the difficulties he faced, and and what it was like for his his mother and his brother to to say goodbye. So uh, it's a sad story, but also I think one that you know when we were talking about earlier about like what is it like to be uh, like writing about video yeah. games when it feels like what's the point? It's like. I point to stories like that. It's like, that's yeah. the point. Mm-hmm. You know, I was telling some developers that, because uh, I mentioned on Facebook, my personal one, that I was working on a story like this uh, while I was still writing it. And like a couple of developers reached out and they're like, you know, we try to remind our teams, like, y- sometimes you're making games for these people. Like, these people don't have anything else. And remember yep. that. There's a section here where you're like, you're kind of explaining that the, the thing that, that happens with him is that he doesn't have enough oxygen in his body to to uh, behave the way his body is supposed to behave and there's a quote from his mother who says like you know as a young child he would end up spending his energy and getting fussy because his body just couldn't manage he would go out in the backyard and not be able to get back inside because he was tired uh and then you add over the years various surgeries would help but gabe was never going to be an athlete for a while he did manage to play baseball though uh, what he could do was play video games. It was an opportunity for him to explore the world in ways that would never be possible for him. Saving the world is cool, but for Gabe, just being able to run across an open field was a fantasy. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Just like, oh yeah, I killed this. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, like, speaks to the thing that you're saying, which is that like, there are ways in which we, sitting here at this table in this like you know admittedly half finished but being built studio being built for us to record podcasts in in Williamsburg Brooklyn where I know like I can walk two blocks to get like really good tacos like when I say games are escapist for me I mean something different than what it meant for Gabe or different than what I yeah. meant when I was like you know living on welfare checks as a little kid or living in like a, a women's shelter right mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. stuff there are there are people for which and this is a lot of people. Games are a, an escape in this other way or a power fantasy that doesn't just mean the sort of like I kick down the door 
Ghost Recon Wildlands style and kill all of these brown people. Like there is there is this other degree of empowerment, which is what you were getting at also with regard to sports, Patrick. Um, that yeah. like there is something there is something more fundamental that that having agency and and being able to see a world that you don't have access to that's real. And I don't I don't yeah. ever want to like talk down to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when I'm also critiquing shitty power fantasies. Mm-hmm. So the story gets to that in a way that I think is really important and heartbreaking. And and like you said, speaks to like why we want to cover the stuff we do. So yeah. nice work totally. on that. Thank you. Also, speaking of – this is a bad transition. Patrick, you've also been playing Neo. I'm not going to do that <laughs> fucking transition. It's a bad one. How's Neo treating you? So I played uh, – not as much as I wanted to this morning, but I did uh, – I, you know, this happens with any of the Souls games uh, or games of the silk. Like, you've kind of got to get over this hump where you like you feel like you can internalize enough of the systems yeah. that you can start enjoying it, as opposed to just feeling overwhelmed at what's happening. And I haven't quite reached that point in Neo because it just has so much. So I'm starting to notice some of the things that are very different about it. Um, so for one, when you finish the first uh, sort of mission. You know, the Souls games, they're largely like a big world that's connected. And, uh, you know, in Dark Souls 2, it's kind of a spoke nature as opposed to sort of an organic map like Dark Souls 1 or Bloodborne or, or Dark Souls 3 to an extent. You finish the first mission in Neo and you it opens up to a an overworld map. And you're like, oh, can word. pick the next main mission or a sub-mission. Right. You can go to a blacksmith and you can upgrade your equipment. So it's not a hub world, um, but it's, it's like a hub world by way of menu in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't have to, you know. It's the the it is discrete levels in this right. game, and then uh, it's also it's a loot game. Now in the Souls games, oh. yes, you do get lots of weapons and armor, but it's not. Uh, I think the differentiator in a loot game is that uh, in loot games you are switching out your gear all the time because you're you're constantly kind of churning through things, um, and also that there is a rarity to to the equipment that you're finding, and that is, exists in this game where you have uncommon, right. rare, uh, exotic. Um, that's cool weapons armor uh so that it's that stacked on top of a very souls like combat uh experience that that makes for something pretty interesting because it's like the one of the first submission i came across uh had me going back to the first mission i was in backwards so i was starting from the exit and going back to the entrance and it was mostly just an excuse to go through the level a different way but also to get a certain kind of loot so like let's say you're trying to craft uh, a certain type of like really cool sword or something like that, and you need I don't know some sort of drop. Well, one of the submissions might have that drop as a reward, or it might be like you know something that you know you can find on that that mission because of where it's set, and that's a reason to kind of run through that again um, in the trappings of a Souls game. So I think that's where this game is starting to sort of uh, you. Find its own identity is sort of the wrapping it's putting around right. that sort of like base combat experience. Uh, there's also skill trees in this game, which does not right. exist in Souls, right? Like, and there's a lot of skill trees. There's skill trees for swords, hold on, okay. swords, axes, spears, <laughs> two different kinds of magic. Uh, like, it's it's wild. Like, you have points for days to spend on like all these different things that you can uniquely customize your character does that feel like a thing where you'll be able to max those out eventually or where you'll have to spec in a direction yeah you have to spec because like you know let's say you're in so i'm going a sword axes and uh bows route which is normally the kind of characters Mm -hmm. that that i play and especially because i'm unfamiliar with a lot of the mechanics i i feel more relaxed with like i know how to play this character so that i i feel like i can focus on what's interesting about it instead of like struggling with how to use a whip, which I'm just not familiar with in, in games like this. Uh, but 
So, for example, not only are there skill trees for each of the different weapon types and and all sorts of other things, uh, then there are branches of that skill tree that are specific to stances. So, like a high stance, the medium stance, the low stance. So, if you find yourself... uh, Going towards the high stance because you're you're okay with being hit more often, but you can hit back fast. You can you can hit harder. Uh, or uh, for me, I'm doing the more low stances where I'm not. I have to get more hits in, but I can get out of the right. way. You're I turtling. I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's how I play Souls. Uh, but you know, you don't have you. You can't have armor in this game. I just unlocked like parrying is a skill that you oh, have wow. to unlock mm. as opposed to being uh, there by default. Do you feel like this stuff is actually additive in terms of the design, or do you feel like this might be one of those? I guess I guess you'll find out as you keep playing. But like. I'm curious. Yeah, so far. I don't know. I'm hopeful. Yeah, like I'm, I'm hopeful that it, it, it will allow you to kind of craft a very specific character for uh, your play style, which you certainly can do in the Souls games. But the way, the amount you can drill down in Neo makes me kind of excited for you know like I, I, it's like I'm a highly specific sword you know uh, low stance mm-hmm. like sort of character like can be I want to see where that goes. And I also uh, I don't know this for sure, but. It does feel like this might be more of an accessible game for folks that are huh. interested in these types of games, but have had trouble getting like just the loot stuff. It's like you can grind very easily in okay. this game. Like there's just things you can do that I think can make the experience a little more palatable. I don't know that for a fact because I have no way of knowing what it's like to not have played a Souls right. game and had found you know I, I'm just I've internalized too much of that to take that perspective. Uh, Listen, and also apparently the, the main character is based on a, a real a real, a real <laughs> white dude who wound up in Japan yeah. as a samurai. Okay, uh, all right. No, we're in, we're I think we're in America. I think we're in America. Wait, is he American? I think we're in America. Well, he's English, right? And I think I think you land in America. I can't remember. Wait, that game takes place in America? I can't. Re- There's I can't samurai the in that game, Patrick. Like a lot of them. Yeah. Maybe I maybe I'm mis- misremembering the map. Either way, it's based on a real dude. Okay. I guess. The the thing I want to say is Squiddy J in the chat notes that you left out Kasari Gama as a weapon type. Maybe you haven't gotten it yet. That's the sickle with the chain. Oh yeah, that's I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. It's too. It's <laughs> all right. It's too. It's too advanced. I'm gonna talk about that when I get this game. So please do. Please do. Yeah, it's, it seems interesting. I think you know the the fear I had that we talked about on Friday was like, what's going to be this game's identity other than just. It's a Souls game with uh, samurai right. aesthetic, and I, I, I'm so far starting to see how they're building that case. Uh, I'm j- I just need to get further to see how that actually forms a structure, and if that continues to be. Uh, I'm scared. This the the developer for this game or the the, the design director uh, said this game is 70 hours. That scares that's the shit a lot out of me. Of time. I hope I hope that's not true. Please don't be true. <laughs> Please. Who has time? Who has time? Who has 70 hours? No. Related to other things coming out soon, I played uh, some ghost, some Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. Um, in fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pivot over to the question bucket because we got a question about it that will help me frame some of what I want to talk about here real quick, real quick. This comes in from Connor in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Connor says... On last Friday's podcast, you talked about Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands, Cocaine Mountain, a game that had escaped my notice until then, and I couldn't help but think that I had heard a similar story before. After racking my brain, I realized that it shared a premise with another Tom Clancy work, the 1989 novel Clear and Present Danger. I have to assume that the developers at Ubisoft are at least aware of this book, but I'm worried that they may not take notice of the real implications of that story, or they may not take the real implications of that story seriously. The book involves a CIA operation 
backed by the office of the president, who wants to show success in the war on drugs to, in order to win re-election. The operation includes using F-15s to destroy drug flights and air-to-ground bombing with bombs designed to give uh, – this sentence gets all weird uh, – but in order to start a civil war inside of the Columbia cartel. The crux of the operation falls on a hand-picked group of infantrymen who are sent into Columbia to secure airships used by the cartels and to destroy processing sites where cocaine is made. The soldiers are all Hispanic so as to blend in with the local population. The story involves the director of the FBI and several other Americans being killed in a retaliatory attack by the cartels and many American soldiers being killed, the rest abandoned by the government to deny what would be seen as an illegal invasion of Colombia. I'm in no way implying that the novel is anything more than a pretty good military thriller or that Tom Clancy was trying to say anything about the war on drugs or U.S. foreign policy. But I hope that Wildlands will be able to approach these subjects with a certain amount of respect for the real impact they have on millions of people uh, in the United States and abroad. Do you believe they will be able to do so? This is the part where I'd say I love the website, but you are the reason why I Googled what a daddy was. And I don't know if I'm ready to forgive that. So I'll just Ooh. say peace. Thank you, Connor. That's, That's fair. That That's is fair. fair, yeah. I think that the my time spent with, with uh, Cocaine Mountain, with Cocaine Wildlands, Ghost Recon Wildlands, I actually forgot what the, the series name was, suggests that maybe they're not going to do the respectable route <laughs> or the, like, nuanced political thriller route. They're going to... Gee, I know. I'm The thing that they're doing is actually still a surprise for me, though. Okay. So that demo takes place in one of the game's, like, 21 districts. It's a pretty big map. It takes place in Bolivia. Um, and each district is, like I mentioned on Friday's podcast, broken out into or connected to a specific like underboss or an under, under, underboss who controls some uh-huh. aspect of the cocaine operation. The district in the demo, which I played through and streamed over on mm-hmm, twitch.tv slash mm-hmm. waypoint, where you could be watching this live right now. <laughs> uh, the um, That district is like not operated by, but the targets there are a couple who are deeply in love who met serving in, I think, a refugee hospital and who are now torturers for the, the Santa Blanca cartel. But they're using their anatomy skill to hurt people. Now that's uh, romance. It's, that's romance. And the whole framing around them feels like CSI cyber or something. Like, like, like I, I mean like low-quality CSI, like the worst episode of CSI you'd ever seen or some other procedural where it's just like, like – the rise and fall of like, oh, this couple met each other. Oh, that's really cute and, and goofy. And like they, they play it for laughs. And then it's like the twist of like, but actually they hurt people. <laughs> and there's lots of like fake social media stuff in the, in the cinematic. And that was also then used at the end of that, of the end of the, the demo, the beta. There's like a, another thing there at the end that's like the next target is like the son of one of the, one of the, the criminals who is like too soft and goes easy on people. And then he gets yelled at by the, by the cartel. And now he's mean and hurts people. And it's like this, if that's the arc I'm going to see again and again with that, like that shitty treatment, it's like, uh-huh. You're like – you're trying to humanize the villains literally just so that you can then swing it around and be like, but they're yeah. really fucking evil. Yeah. <laughs> Here's why it's okay to put a bullet exactly. in the skull. And like whatever. Like it's, I, knew, I knew it would be like – I knew that it okay. would <laughs> I knew that it would be weird and kind of moralizing in places and I'm, I'm, I'm happier with it going this route of like goofball TV like yeah. procedural than if it was like – nameless bad guys I was shooting who had no personality yeah, sure. and that they couldn't right. build anything around. But also, it's like it, none of the jokes landed, really. Um, and the joy of that game is going to be the thing that you can imagine it is, which is like 
when you and a friend are goofing off or when you and a friend execute on a really good plan, right? Like Joel and I had a moment where we were going in to, I think, recover a uh, – I had to interrogate a guy inside of a base, very Fallout style, like get into this heavily fortified place. And the like the it's really fun to come in from different perspectives and mark targets and do the countdown of like, all right, we're gonna snipe these two guys on on mark. Ready? Three, two, one, mark. And you both pull the trigger and you see the guys drop. It's like, oh wow, that was really cool and fun. Or like when things fall apart, or when one guy says, I'm gonna get in a helicopter and you know, doesn't go as well as you might think because maybe neither of us <laughs> like the helicopter controls very much. Um, or we had this one moment of just like we're in a, a like a three story building or like we are fucking our backs are to the wall. There's boats to get out, uh, and so we either have to decide to go to the boats or the helicopter. Uh, it's a big helicopter. Let's get the helicopter. All right, I'm gonna mortar the enemies between us and the helicopter. Like we do have this like crazy gunfight. Like push your way. Oh no, the door, the gate is locked. Okay, I'm gonna steal a car and ram through the gate. Ram through the gate. Run up. Kill a couple guys. God, sp- ah! And you get to the helicopter, and like one of the mortars landed on the helicopter and blew it oh, off. Shit. <laughs> well, uh, all right, let's go get the boat. And we run back to the boat, and like you try to take the boat out, and then of course because we're playing the beta, the the part of the river is blocked off from. You can't go across it, otherwise you die. And so we go across, and it's like countdown from 14, 13, 12. I'm like Joel, go backwards, go backwards, go backwards. And he spins <laughs> around, he gets back at like the one count. Huh, made it. I right, spin the boat around, go the other way, and like, zzz, and then like, oh, this just goes up to a sewer grate. Just crash into the sewer grate. The police sur- surround us, and then just gun us down. And it's like that was a fun like seven minutes of my life. So I'm not gonna like knock yeah. it for that stuff. Like that stuff is working almost like a cooperative battlefield in a sense of like the nonsense you get up to. It really reminds me of the Mercenary series. So if you're looking for like very like thoughtless, mindless fun, then like go for it. Uh, but also, it's a really busy season, so I don't True. know that I'm going to go all out and it's like. It's fun for streams. It's very, really it was good very for fun for streams. Uh, it's, it's extra fun for streams because you can shit talk it while playing. Yeah. Like Joel and I can both roll our eyes at the bad dialogue or whatever. Um, the characters you play are not Hispanic, as in uh, Clear and Present Danger. They are, in fact, or at least I mean, I don't know, you can make your own character. So I made my I made a brown dude who was just like wearing like uh, Tim's and jeans and like. A, yeah. a button up. Um, yeah. He was ready to work. Uh, but but they still sound super like middle America and they say like, hola, amigo. And it's like, <laughs> oh, are you a bad <laughs> are you Exactly. Shit. Exactly. A lot of uh, bad dudes so, on, over here over that here. I got a mortar. Hey, well, a question. Uh, Joel was mentioning in the chat something about his and her AK. Yeah, so we killed those. Is yeah, we thing? killed those, uh, the torturers. And they had his and her AKs was the reward <laughs> for that. One of them was like uh, obviously pink with like a huge drum barrel magazine. And they okay. had a scope and some other stuff. It's going to be that game. And like I think the more it leans into being that game, the more fun people will end up having even if it's like – like I don't know. I watched two seasons of CSI Cyber and I think it's a <laughs> terrible show. But like I had a lot of fun with my friends. Wait, you yeah. did? Bow Wow, Bow Wow's in that show. Bow Wow and James, James, why, and James Vander. Bow Wow's in that show. Because I wanted to see if it got better or worse. It got, okay. it it's got hate, worse. It's hate watching. People do that. Yeah, That's it got worse, thing. but not in the right I mean, way. I, I, I look, no judge. I, I'm gonna. I'm getting ready to watch the prison break coming oh, back. Well, so pal. you know, like, <laughs> right, I'm not, you know, like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, most... I'm only curious of your motives, not that you. Okay, did the real. It. The no real judging from this guy. I wanted more bad computer shit in my life because they took away almost human, which was good. 
bad computer shit. Almost Human was a cyberpunk show with Michael Ely and uh, that other dude. What's his name? He's in a bunch of shit. I don't know. What's that show on CBS right now? That's, Wait, is there – You would also think it's really is bad. There, it's, it's all about technology. The other Almost Human uh, – Oh, is it – is it, is it the is it Scorpio or is yeah. that what it's I watched one scene from yeah. that and that scene was bad. <laughs> um, and I've watched shows like that do this shit that are like not that bad. I think uh, what's that show that's just Watchdogs? Person of Interest. Uh, that show is actually like kind of good, and so I stopped watching. I heard I, I heard that it got like really good or two or three seasons in, but I just couldn't get past the first season, and so I never I never got to the good part. Apparently, um, yeah. Person of Interest is. The first two seasons are a little slow, but then like, oh, yeah, it gets pretty good. And the moment it got good, I like left it behind because <laughs> I'm in a place in my life where like the stuff that I think is legit good, I have a hard time. Yeah. I, I'm not in the right headspace for it when I get home. Yeah. It's like 11 o'clock and I'm like eating dinner and like, I need bad thing. Give me bad thing. <laughs> I need – You uh, need like mindless, mindless yeah. entertainment. I, which is bad. I need to get back to a place. Got to watch Blacklist with James Spader. <laughs> I did. But I, st- I actually stopped watching that. Look at you. I stopped watching that actually when I thought it got actually bad. I stopped watching it at the end of the first season. <laughs> I was like, James Spader, you're, you're good, but I can't fuck with this show anymore. <laughs> the first season's really good. So – I don't know. Okay, That's, sure, I believe you. <laughs> but well, your definition of good is like really mixed in right here. I'm not going. I think that good, first season, I think, bad, is good, good, and bad, strong. I think that it has some strong performances. Okay, and I think that it, it uh-huh. balances the like week to week procedure or the week to week like overall overall arc with just procedural cases, which fits into yeah. that sweet spot of something that I can watch without being like active like super active yeah 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 yeah. but also is not like bad it's not like bad so and then i think by the end of it it got really convoluted to the end of the first season and i and i jumped ship anyway that's been our black that's been our blacklist season one uh podcast i love to hear about like austin's like the stuff austin does at home (sighs) just like awesome (laughs) life yeah life of Hop on skype with a bud and watch bad tv it's my life right now. Um, so one more question and we'll, and we'll bounce. Hi to all at Waypoint. This comes in from Brian. Uh, Hello. Brian O'Brien. I'm going to use your full name because wow, you nice. a dope name. Brian O'Brien says, hi to all at Waypoint. Thanks again for the wonderful podcast. It's become a highlight of each week since the team's rapport is so strong and the insights you bring are personal and authentic. I appreciate it. My insights on the blacklist are, are both personal <laughs> and authentic. Um, I had a structural slash operational question since I'm setting up a small business myself. From all the Twitter screen capping, thank you, Danica, uh, I see that you largely use Slack for internal communications. Not true. But how do you track each article as it develops and edit each task on the team needed? Does Austin hold it all on his head, or do each of you, Patrick, Danielle, and Austin, each manage a roster of freelancers, input from the other two? And finally, is there any task managing slash organization software that you can't work without? Thanks again for so much, Waypoint. I'm looking forward to your response. Brian in Galway, Ireland. Discord. Uh, I used yeah Discord. so we use Discord actually instead of Slack because we are gamers. But but Slack is in a um, lot of ways better than yes, Discord. Slack is um, better than Discord right now. In a, in a Slack is ways. like the business the business uh, chat app that you should absolutely use unless you're a team of of gaming individuals. Game gamers. Yeah. I want you guys to see what I'm playing when I'm on Steam. Uh, So the reason we ended up using Discord was because when Slack, when Discord, when we first formed the chat, Slack had not yet rolled out uh, voice 
software stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah, do yeah. all of our meetings through Discord. Very and now they easily. have now they have voice and video. Slack right? does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, and videos coming at the yeah, yeah, yeah. so like there'll yeah. be a relative exactly. parity. The thing soon. I really want Discord to get is screen sharing, and once it has that, and which like, they are I want getting. to have screen sharing and audio sharing. Sorry, the thing I really want them to yeah, get yeah, yeah. is audio sharing because right now that's a thing we can do. I know how to do that with with like Voice Meter, um, which is like a virtual audio cable slash software mixer solution. But it would be really great. Someone is go has been for years going to crack the thing of like, I want to play. Uh, I want to watch Patrick play Neo, and I want to hear him play Neo, and not just see the the screen share video. They, they someone needs to crack that to make it a what an all in one solution. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Discord is positioned to where they can do that, um, and if they do, that would be great. So yeah, that's that's what we do for that. And then also the the kind of other behind the scenes stuff. We use Trello to to keep track of what's what we're working, what like the whole bucket of freelance stuff stuff we're working on uh, articles where it's just like. Such and such a story, like, you know, Chrome Hounds retrospective, waiting on art. I have that yeah. art now. I should update that card. Um, and that's in a category called needs layout slash final check. There's other ones like in edits. There's another one that's like upcoming. Mm-hmm. There's one that's like, okay, just ready to publish this. So that's how we manage like the entire bucket of stuff outside of stuff that we just like agree to do immediately. Like Patrick has a story going up later today that's called why aren't you playing Yakuza Zero, you jerks? Um, and like, I don't think that that's in the Trello because you just knock that out really quick, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, that, that's more like we're, we're thinking like like the Zelda story is like, hey, I've got this thing right. I'm working on. Uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll put in a story that's like, this is the thing I'm working on. It's probably mm-hmm. gonna take like two weeks to put it together. I've put out the interview yep. requests, like the, the you know the questions have been sent. Like, got the questions back. So it's like if people are curious, like where a story is, it's like. Man, what's that story that Patrick was working on? Like, I wonder what the status is. Like, we use that as yeah. a way of like instead of having to bug me, you can just kind of, anyone on the team can go find out. Like, here's the status of that. And then story. you and Danielle both have a thing that I love, which is like you have a single Google Doc that you use. I have a couple of freelancers who do this also for me, where it's just like I can type whatever Patrick is writing into my bar, and it'll automatically take me to your Google Doc entitled whatever Patrick is writing, and I'll see your entire list of stuff that mm-hmm. you're writing. And we do all of our editing in Google Docs because. It has really clean suggestion and editing like stuff and then we also use uh, google uh, spreadsheets google sheets yeah google sheets thank you to do like what's coming up today like i can tell you what the next three stories are you know that are going to go live today another six things tomorrow largely largely it's just like a lot of communication in discord too like danielle um, our managing editor she'll send out a message at like 10 a.m and be like okay everybody tell me what you're working on today Everyone tells her what they're working on. She sends out an email. So we have everything like in writing. We keep track of stuff in there. Right. Um, and then and then, in terms of like managing freelancers as individuals, and I say this because I think this is a difficult thing for anybody who has to use freelancers or external, you know, contractors or anything like that. Right now, we all kind of just we so we have a specific sub Discord channel in which we talk about pitches when there's something that we're like not we're like oh we think this is cool but we're not I want some impact or some 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 uh, uh, input or like oh what do you think of this thing do you think there's room for this do you think there's a news thing we could find for this have any of you worked with this person before um, and we all are just kind of pulling from a big pool of pitches like again I have. I have another 80 pitches or something to look at right now that haven't been looked at at all. And we all just kind of go through them and, and pick the ones that we think are good. And we're all pulling from the same budget. But soon, as we continue to grow, I think I'm going to switch to that other system that this emailer wrote about, which is like, I will have writers who work with me. Danielle will have her writers. 
we'll all obviously pitch in and edit stuff. It's not like no one else is allowed to publish something from this person or edit that their person, that person's stuff. But as a team grows, you do end up needing to uh, really delegate specific responsibility in that way. So as someone who's starting a business, Brian, I definitely think think about your team size. If you have a small team, you're all going to need you're going to need a lot of flexibility. I need to be able to go to to, to Mike or to Danielle and say, hey. I am stuck in this meeting. Please handle the layout on this piece even though you've never seen it before. I promise yeah. I've edited it. If you want to do one more pass for copy edits, go for it. You know, give it a proofread or whatever. But once we get bigger, you know, as as we continue to grow in the coming months and years, like that will become more like the other verticals here at Vice, I think where, you know, I'll be able to say, "Okay, Patrick, your beat is whatever. Can you cover that?" Um, <laughs> Patrick is pointing. I got, got it. it. You got the beat. Uh, or I'll be able to say like, Danica, what's ha- what's popping on socials? Can you do a social post mm-hmm. about a thing? Yeah, um, that's what that's what I say all that's, the time. What's, what's popping? Popping. Popping. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we run it here. It's it's pretty straightforward, honestly, uh, and we we it works for us. But, but as always, I'm trying to figure out how to make it uh, even more functional and even cleaner. I. I as always, wish I was in less meetings because it's yeah. we need we need to have hands on things. Like it's it's amazing how I like I think we do incredible work here, but it's amazing how like even one gear missing can like throw things for a loop, and you have to be really thoughtful about that. Um, and it's not again not just me that like when someone's on vacation for a week, it can be like oh fuck, I wish Mike was around because he's just like going to be able to turn stuff out really quickly, or like he'll be able to I'll be able to wake up and have three pieces edited mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Mike is in the UK and that. That helps a lot because it means like, okay, that stuff is edited. I just have to give it a final check and lay it out or, or Danielle will. So so really think about your team size and, and what your goals and stuff are. And, and, the- and make sure you're always using like apps that are also on mobile because yes. like Google Drive, Google Sheets, Google yes. Docs, all those are on mobile. We can edit stuff on mobile. We can chat on mobile because yeah, we're that- mobile gamers. Thank you. We are the mobile gamers. Yeah. That's the name of the episode title, Patrick. <laughs> we are. We are. We are. Oh. The mobile the gamers. Mobiles. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Where's their endorsement? Oh my gosh. What's popping? What's popping? Internet. Danielle is gone. I saved that's, it. Yeah, I saved second it. Time. I saved it. Second I saved it. No, the first time is going to get cut, isn't it? Because uh, from a previous episode. Let's got, hope. Let's hope it gets cut. Danica, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at Danica Harrod. D a n i k a h a r r o. You could also call her Danica Harad if you wanted to say it you know wrong. What? Like if me. you want it, anything else? Thank you. Any anything else what you want to call me that's up? not right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow me or follow me on uh, Waypoint. If you appreciate the things Waypoint tweets, yeah, that's all Danica. Yeah, who's found Waypoint. the voice that's of me. the future. Yeah, I, I accidentally meant to. T- I meant to tweet to someone yesterday in response. The day of our Lord, sex machomp, and I tweeted it wow. without the reply. So it was just on the timeline, and I I didn't horny realize brands, it. Twenty seventeen, yep. brands are horny. I, what can you do? I just you just got to be the best at it. Be the best horny you. That's what I'm gonna say mm-hmm. at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Patrick, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> Nowhere near wherever you're at <laughs> on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Patrick Klopik. You can find me raising my boy Donnell. <laughs> Donald. Donald. On f- well, that's I, how you'll you differentiate I'm, when you have the twins. One will be Donald, one will be Donnell. One's Donnell, uh-huh. one's Donald. Oh, this is going to be great. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's me. That's me on the internet. Go read my story. Go read our story. You can story. find me at Austin underscore Walker on Twitter, Austin Walker Games on Facebook. You can find everything that Waypoint does, twitter.com slash Waypoint. Waypoint.vice.com, bazinga.zone, new.donk.city. There's more that came in. People, I didn't know this, but people keep buying us things and I, then yeah. not telling me. It's very nice. I feel um, like we're, we're receiving the greatest gifts I feel like of somebody, all time. I feel like somebody bought us Austin.walker.games or something ridiculous. I, there's a lot going on on the internet right now. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash waypointvice. Yep. Going up today, actually, is uh, the Horizon all Zero up. Dawn. Are I, they just, all up I right just got to tweet them out. I just got to tweet them out. Uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn stream that, that Danielle and I did last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going up, hopefully soon, it will also be that stream that Joel and I did of of the Wildlands. Of the Wildlands. Yep. yep. So, you know. And uh, you can, uh, I guess I'll tweet the link out again soon, but we also have a fan Discord. Um, very great, awesome community. Speaking of Discord, yeah. Uh, that you guys can join. I made a tweet about it, but I will make another one. So. And we're thinking about forums right now. So if you have any yeah. thoughts about that, yeah. I would love to hear those. Forums. You, like, what, have... do you, what do you want out of a, out of a Waypoint community that's not just a chat community yeah. what do you like what do you want um yeah i would just love to hear that input in general yeah what, what are you looking for when you're like i want to interact with waypoint and the people who like waypoint mm-hmm. uh, i would love to hear some more of that so you can write us that information at t- to gaming advice.com yep. also where you can write us questions if you use the the subject question i'll know that it's a question yeah so there you go that's how that's, that's how you get in the bucket that's how austin austin knows that's how, how i know knows. Shoutouts to Bowen for letting us use the song Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. You can find out more info at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Patrick is melting. That's going to do it for us this week. I'll catch you next week. I'll catch you Friday. That'll be a better day than today because the Patriots won't just have won. Fuck the Patriots. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.